So, Father God, we just want to thank you this morning. We thank you for our assembly and prayer, Father God, and we thank you for the messenger, Father God, and the message she's about to bring today, Father God. And we just ask, Father God, that as usual, you touch her tongue, Father God. And we just thank you. We give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory this morning, Father God. Father God, we pray for our sick and our shut-in, Father God, and we just want to thank you, Father God. We pray against this COVID-19, Father God. We ask that it touch nobody else right now, Father God. We pray against the violence, Father God, that we're seeing every day in Chicago, Father God. And we pray for a hedge of protection over those people there, Father God. And we just want to thank you this morning. We give you all the grace. We give you all the mercy in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 I see Deacon's back on. Deacon, I didn't know if something happened or we lost you. And so I had uh, 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 Reverend Robeson go ahead and pray, but if you would like to pray as well, you can go ahead now and then we'll uh, have some praise and worship. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we give you all honor and praise and glory, Heavenly Father, this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we worship you and we honor you. We adore you and magnify your holy name, and you are greatly to be praised. Yes. You are most to be praised. And we are thankful and grateful this morning for so many things, Lord God. And you have brought us through the night, Heavenly Father. You brought us to see another day, Lord God. But this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be in it. We thank you, Lord God, for our strength and our health, Lord God. We thank you for every blessing that you bestowed upon us already this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, Lord God. And we thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who shed his precious blood for our sins, Heavenly Father, this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning. For all those, Lord God, that are here this morning at our worship service, Lord God, we lift them up to you, Lord God, and ask you to bless each and every one and their families, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to have your way in this church service, Lord God. We pray that the Holy Spirit would manifest himself in a powerful way, Lord God, among us this morning, Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, because we believe in you, Heavenly Father. We trust in you, Lord God, and we want to walk in your ways, Heavenly Father, Lord God, and we thank you for the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Lord God, that we are covered in the blood of the awesome, sinless, spotless Lamb of God, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Heavenly Father. And we glorify you and we praise you, Heavenly Father, this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for your word that's going to go forth this morning. We thank you for the anointing upon our pastor, Lord God, the woman that you have called, Lord God, to do great work, to do great work for you, Lord God. She does great work, Lord God, everywhere that you send her, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless her, Lord God, and to anoint her mouth, Lord God, when she opened up to, to, to uh, preach, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will fill her mouth this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you that your word will go forth powerfully this morning, Lord God, that we will not leave the same way we came, Lord God, and your word will not return to your board. We pray that your word, Lord God, will fall on fertile ground, produce a crop in us 100-fold, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit this morning, that the Holy Spirit will speak this morning, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit will reign this morning, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will touch each and every one, Lord God, this morning. 
And Lord God, and we thank you that we rejoice in you always, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Let your glory shine this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And Lord God, your kingdom reign, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we lift your name on high, Lord God. And we praise you in Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning, Lord God, for salvation. Because today is the day of salvation. And we pray, Lord God, that if there's anyone that are not saved this morning, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that they will surrender their lives to Christ and the Father. For you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the resurrection and the life. You are the bread of life that came down from heaven. And we praise your holy name, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, we lift up all those, Lord God, that are sick in their bodies this morning, that needs healing from this virus, that needs healing in their hearts and other afflictions, Heavenly Father. We ask you, Lord God, to stretch forth your powerful healing hands over their bodies and touch them this morning, Heavenly Father. We pray that you will stretch your hands, Lord God, your powerful healing hands and touch them this morning and heal them from all their afflictions, Heavenly Father. Heal them from their infirmities, Lord God. Heal them from their pains, Lord God. Heal them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord God. Restore their health, Lord God, and renew their strength, Heavenly Father. And we pray that they will realize that their healing comes from God, and they will praise your holy name and give you glory, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, and we bind up the enemy this morning, Lord God. The enemy will not interfere in this service, Lord God. Will not disrupt or disturb, Lord God, in and of these devices, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that the enemy has been placed beneath our feet. Your word said at the right time he would be squashed underneath our feet, Lord Jesus. And we have the victory in Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. And we just want to praise your holy name this morning. We are so thankful this morning for so many things, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, we just want to give you all the honor and glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Man. And Father, this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if you know that we know that you hear us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 With that, uh, we're still perfecting this music thing, but we're going to ask uh, Reverend Robeson to help us uh, by, you know, if I had known uh, our former uh, worship leader was going to be on, I might have would have asked him to prepare something, but maybe. You're breaking up a bit. Yeah. So, uh, Reverend, what do you have? Oh, okay, Pastor. Reverend, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. We're ready. All right. <laughs>
You're breaking up. Well, I'm I'm doing the best I can here. I'm on my <laughs> other phone. So oh, okay. But uh, I'm saying I'm laughing about her because she did a sermon in a minute with that brown cow. So I just uh, I I every time I hear that I have to laugh because God does some real things and don't always understand how he does it, but he does it. And it's not our part to know how, we just know that he does it. And so this morning, we're just grateful for all of you and that you stayed safe and we believe that you're well. And uh, for those that haven't been on with us, we welcome you uh, to Bread of Life Evangelistic Outreach. Uh, and we here... Uh, our believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and uh, and we believe that the Holy Spirit was sent to us uh, when Jesus went to heaven. He said that he would send us a comforter, and so we believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that comes alongside us. He's our friend, he's our comforter, he's uh, our teacher, and so uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. And so I'm, I wanted to say that this morning because sometimes people are not clear on what you believe. And so that's what we believe here. And we have seen God do many miracles, many, many miracles. We have many miracles in our congregation. All of them not on Zoom, but we have seen many miracles. And so we thank God for each person that has all these years supported Bread of Life and Sound on You, and we appreciate you as well. And everybody has a testimony. It will not be a testimony service this morning, but everybody at Bread of Life has a testimony about how God brought them uh, and kept them all this time. And uh, during this time of pandemic, it's an important thing. Every day is an important day. Every day that we see daylight, that we wake up, is a miracle because people that 
thought they would be here today are not here. Not just their spread of life, but thought they would be here in the world. They're not here. So, uh, with that said, uh, I'm going to go right into the message this morning. And uh, I struggled up until 9.30 this morning about the message because we uh, have been talking so much about forgiveness. The Reverend brought a message on forgiveness. I brought a message on forgiveness. And now God is speaking to me again to go back to forgiveness. So I tried to negotiate with him this morning to go to, to uh, uh, have a, uh, a teaching on on the Holy Spirit, but that is not where he wants me to go. So where he leads me, I will follow. So you're going to hear a little bit more about forgiveness. Those of you that haven't been with us, you will hear it for the first time. And it's always different because the Holy Spirit knows who's uh, uh, in attendance when we have a, a service, and he knows the needs of each person that is in attendance. And so what is shared regarding a subject can be different from week to week, even though it's the same subject. So this morning, we're going to ask you to turn your Bible uh, to... Matthew chapter 18, if you have a Bible, if you want to go online, or no, you can't go online, you got to stay to me, so, <laughs> unless, unless you know how to do it and still hang in there. Um, so Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 2 and 7. So those will be two scriptures that we'll be talking about this morning. And uh, then Luke chapter 23, verse 34. So those will be the scriptures that I'll be asking you to uh, pay attention to as we uh, go uh, forward with uh, uh, what God has given us on forgiveness. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you, Father God, that as I open my mouth, people fill it. And, Father God, that the Holy Spirit will be the speaker. And that, Father God, whatever I say will bring glory and honor to you. I ask you to anoint the ears of the hearers and uh, open their hearts to receive the word of God. And I thank you, Father God, that Satan will not be disrupted will not distract, will not interfere. And I give you all the glory and praise for what we do here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And so today is Sunday. It's the first Sunday in August. And uh, normally it would be our communion service, and I'm still trying to figure out uh, how I can make sure everybody's ready to take communion uh, and have some elements to use, and then we'll try to do our communion service sometime this month. Uh, and I do have uh, uh, some elements that are, I have the cup and the, uh, the cracker, but you all are everywhere that I can't be, so uh, we'll figure out a way to do this. But we're going to talk to you about this difficult subject, about this subject that 
uh, we wrestle with uh, when people have hurt us. And uh, so forgiveness is difficult. It's just difficult. When somebody hurts our feelings and hurts us deeply, it is hard for us to say, I forgive you. So we all struggle with forgiveness at some point in our lives. Uh, but we need to uh, do it because hanging on to anger and resentment and thoughts of revenge only cause us to have more suffering. We, we don't benefit by it at all by holding grudges, by trying to get even. None of that works to our advantage. And God, uh, who is so loving and caring and merciful to us, when Jesus hung on the cross and the people had nailed him to that cross, they had beaten him until he was unrecognizable. His final words before he gave up the ghost was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. So he is our role model, and he is the one that helps us to understand that we need to forgive. So when we do this, we become both, uh, when we hold on to these resentments and and, and anger and what have you, we become both the friend, the prisoner and the jailer. We lock ourselves down. And the truth is, forgiveness is for our own growth. And it's for our own happiness. And so holding on to our pain causes us more harm than it does good. And it does no harm to the offender. You see, when we hold on to unforgiveness, that person that hurt us is probably gone on with their lives doing what they're supposed to be doing or going to hurt somebody else, but certainly not sitting up uh, feeling sorry for what they did. Now, some people do, and, I, and, and we need to because we're capable of hurting people too. So we need to also ask God to show us if we have transgressed against somebody. If we have caused somebody pain, because we are capable of doing the same thing that has been done to us. And so we have to ask God that question and ask him to show us what we did wrong so that we can correct it. And sometimes that's going to be that you go to the person. Sometimes you're not going to be able to go to the person. But you're certainly going to ask God to forgive you and ask God to help them to forgive you. So holding on to pain harms us far more than it harms the offender. And forgiveness, uh, forgiveness allows us to move on. And we move on without anger and contempt and seeking revenge. Some people spend a lot of time this to me and I'm going to make your life visible. But whose life is really being made visible? And so us really, really understand that forgiveness is very important. And there are times when we don't really feel like forgiveness. You know, right after we are hurt, right after whatever was done, was done, we don't feel like forgiveness. And I don't want to forgive you because you hurt that's that human side. But the spiritual side, the God side, says we need to release it. 
and we need to release it so we can move on with our lives, be obedient to whatever God has called us to do, because it's impossible to please God without faith, the Word of God tells us. But also, when you're uh, uh, full of, uh, of resentment and uh, you just are angry, well, you can't even do what God called you to do because you can't hear it. And if somebody tells you they can hear God when they got all that static going on in their inside, it's not true because you cannot cannot serve two masters. And we say that about a lot of things. But this morning we're saying that about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness blocks out what God is saying to us. Because unforgiveness is not of God. And so we need to understand that uh, that pain we feel that resentment we feel, that anger we feel, we need to release it because it causes lots of problems for us on the inside, even physically. Many times when people don't respond to treatment, the physician will refer them to counseling to try to figure out what is it that's going on with this person that won't allow them to respond to treatment that we're giving. So unforgiveness can cause you to have, we need to be able to move forward in our body. Uh, when we ask us, we need to understand why we need uh, to be forgiven. We need to understand that if we have unforgiveness, then that's a trespass. So we need to understand that we need to get forgiveness from God for what we do. And we need to forgive others for what they're doing that is not of God. <laughs> so we say that out by the prayer and we say, uh, forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And in the rooms of recovery, that's, that's the famous last words, forgive us uh, for our trespasses and forgive those that trespass against us. And we say that and we walk out of the room and we're still full of anger, we're full of resentment, we're full of everything, but what God would have us to be full of. And so that's why it's so important that we understand about forgiveness and the willingness, the willingness to forgive. Because the scripture says in Isaiah, I believe it's uh, 1 and 19 that says, if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Now, if you're willing and if you're obedient, and that includes forgiveness, we can't leave the forgiveness out. We've got to include that. And so uh, when we say that, our Father prayer, and we don't really mean what we're saying, then we're just saying empty words. And we want God to bless us, and we want God to, to open up doors for us, and we want God to give us favor. But we have got to get ourselves together. Because if we come to him with a heart full of unforgiveness, 
hatreds and resentments and bitterness and anger. There's no room in there for God. I had a friend, and she said, we need to be careful where we take the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful where we take the Holy Spirit. Because many times we take the Holy Spirit to places he doesn't want to go. Well, that's true because if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, everywhere we are, he is. And, you know, Jesus was leaving to go to Calvary. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And the reason that he was going to send us another comforter is because he was going to heaven. He was going back to sit at the right hand of the throne of grace. But see, we need somebody all the time who could be in more than one place. And the Holy Spirit is in you if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit's in me. The Holy Spirit's in whoever else is on this uh, uh this worship and this worship service with us. And so, you see, Jesus had a had uh, submitted to a human body, and that uh, is a is a, a hindrance to moving around. Sometimes, you know, and I know that there are only certain things we can do in only certain places we can go when we have this human body. So Jesus made it possible that as He sits at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for us, that we could also have some help. We could have the comforter. We could have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And those of you that hang around with me all the time know that I promote, you know, seeking the guidance of God in your everyday lives. I promote seeking the Holy Spirit. I believe that you all need to know that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He will, he will tell us of things to come. Uh, we need that kind of help because we don't know from day to day unless God gives us guidance. And the enemy is hanging around to deceive us. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. And he's hanging around uh, to deceive us. And so we need to remember that. So we're going to just quickly talk about six things to remember when you're struggling to forgive. Six things to remember. So forgiveness doesn't justify harmful behavior, and it doesn't mean we'll continue relating to those who hurt us in the same way. See, some folks are afraid that if they forgive the person, they gotta be besties with them again, or whatever the relationship was. But that is not Forgiveness has nothing to do with your future relationship with that person, except not walking around down, uh, walking with your head. It causes that person to be able to love space in our head, and so we just have to know that uh, what what uh, releasing that person. Uh, freedom, and that's what Jesus said. He wants us to be free. He said, "The truth will set you free." 
And so we have to understand that releasing that person is not going to cause us to be besties again. It's just going to get us free of having that person rent space in our heads. And so uh, we, we don't have to relate to them in the same way. And uh, probably won't because they may not want to relate with us in the same way. So learning to forgive is not just on the surface, but it's from the heart. And it's a transformation that uh, uh, is a selfless act. We, we have to, you know, not only do it for us, but do it for everybody around us, including that person we forgive. And we're doing it for everybody. Because if you've ever had contact with a person who has a root of bitterness, Lord, have mercy, you want to run from them. Because every time they open their mouth, they are spewing out that bitterness. You see, and then you begin to have health problems from that bitterness. And then you can't focus because you're so focused on that bitterness. And so we need to release people, let them go, uh, forgive them, ask God to forgive them. That's what Jesus did. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what to do when they Well, these people, you said, well, they knew what they were doing. Well, fine. They knew what they were doing, but let's get them out of our head. Let's get them out of our heart. Let's go forward with whatever God has planned for us. So, you know, even Jesus prayed uh, when he was being crucified. You can go back and find that for yourself. I believe you can find it in John chapter 20, the Gospel of John. And so while the soldiers were making fun of him, they gambled his clothes away by playing dice. So dice, people were shooting dice when Jesus is time. They were shooting dice uh, to gamble off his clothes. And that's Luke 3 and 34 where he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So some of have different translations of the Bible. Tell me, uh, Reverend, tell me, uh, Deacon, tell me, Brother Scott, somebody, what your translation says about Luke 2334. Mm. Anybody? 2334. Let me find that. Luke 23. Okay, 31. we'll come back. <laughs> Forgiveness. Luke 23. Come on. Just say that. Luke 23. Yeah. Luke 23 and 34 says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And mine says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his remnants and cast lots. Yes. So you see, these folks got him nailed to the cross. And now they're gambling off his clothes, his belongings. And, uh, you know, he looks down at them from the cross where they have beat him so bad his back looked like hamburger meat. And his beard had been pulled out. 
And the Bible says in Isaiah that he was unrecognizable. And while he's there like that, naked, you see, when we see those pictures, they put a little loin cloth on it, but they hung him and he had not a strip of clothing on and treated him like he was dirt under their feet and had the nerve to gamble off his belongings. And he still said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. So forgiveness opens our heart. And it frees us from pain that we could otherwise carry for years and years. And, you know, sometimes the enemy will bring folks from my past back across my path and my thought life and try to get me to indulge in dwelling on what those folks did to me. And I have to remember that I don't have to indulge in that conversation with Satan. And it's not God's will that I'll spend my time dwelling on what happened in the past and what people did to me because I released them and I don't want to raise them up again. You see, we can bring folks back. We can, we can get rid of them and then we can bring them back. And so we have to figure out when it's God speaking and when the enemy speaking, and the enemy never has anything good to say about anybody. So when you can't find a place in your heart to forgive, it keeps you stuck in the past, and it prevents us from moving forward. And without forgiveness, you are constantly stuck in your own past. And so many people waste years of their life in bitterness, and resentment when they could just through forgiveness uh, have lived that whole life, that time in their life with joy. You know, that's what God promises us. He promises us joy unspeakable. Jesus said that the joy that he gives the world can't take away. But we can take it away just by being in a state of unforgiveness. <coughs> Excuse me. So forgiveness means giving hope for a different past. It means knowing that the past is over, the dust is settled, and the destruction left is in its wake and can never be reconstructed to resemble what it was. So we don't need to just go there. We don't need to go there. And uh, when we have that opportunity, to see that person, if we have forgiven, we want to have that tendency to tighten up, you know, when your stomach starts to tighten up. And okay, so please, on my dad's Hello, somebody need to go on mute. Just put it on mute because we can hear you. And they're in a car, I think, no? Yeah. That's my friend, okay. Isabel. Yeah, Isabel, go on uh, mute. Great job, great job. We're glad to have you just go on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, if we don't forget uh, who wronged us or who offended us or who hurt us or made us suffer in some way, then, you know, we 
uh, we still uh, keep feeling that knife stabbing in our heart. So forgiveness has to take place in our heart first, and then it'll show uh, our behavior towards that person. So just as we recognize that there's bitterness in a person's heart towards someone, uh, by the way they treat that person, others can recognize recognize that behavior in us. So once you've forgiven anyone, you're high in your life, you feel uh, that has harmed you, you suddenly find you have more time for thinking good. You have more time for thinking good. You can be more productive and useful thoughts. You you can have useful thoughts instead of complaining, which tears us down and pulls us further away from God. And God is pulling us towards it. Come back. Come back. I want you to focus on me. I want you to focus on what I need you to do for other people. And I need you to focus so that you can represent me. And so you can't represent God if you're full of bitterness. Because as I said, every time you open your mouth, I'm saying you, that includes me, everybody. When we open up our mouth, if we're full of bitterness, everybody will know it. And guess what? People start to run. Oh, Lord, here she comes. Oh, oh my goodness, I don't want to hear that story today. We tell that same old stuff. Yeah, that happened. They did that to Blah, 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 blah. And, oh, it's just terrible. So what glory is God getting out of that? So God uh, provides a way for our sins to be forgiven. He sent Jesus as his, as our Savior. And when we trust in the Lord, uh, he's our sub, uh, substitutionary sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice for us. Jesus is the sacrifice. God said he had to have a perfect lamb, and none of us were perfect enough, and none of those folks in Israel are perfect enough, and they were killing all the bulls and goats they could find trying to stay uh, forgiven by God because they had sinned. But Jesus is the perfect sacrifice because he had never sinned. He who named who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteous of God and that I had years ago, uh, it was erroneous. People said, well, when you do that one time and you get saved, then you're forgiven forever. Well, yes, you're forgiven and you're in the body of Christ. But honey, repentance is not there just for one time. Repentance is available to us because we're going to need it over and over again. We're going to need to be forgiven. 
even when our thoughts are off balance, we're going to need to be forgiven. Some of us have used profanity in the past, and somebody cut out in front of me in that car, and oh, blah, 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 blah. God, I need forgiveness. So we need forgiveness all the time. And so that's what repentance is. And so if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And of course, the first time that most people do it is when they invite Jesus Christ into their life to be their Lord and Savior. But then that begins the process. So unforgiveness has no place, but forgiveness is what we must learn to do. And God's will is that we, as forgiveness people, show mercy to those who wronged us. And to the same degree that he forgave us in Christ, uh, we must forgive them. And so in that prayer, I call it the Our Father Prayer. A lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer. But if you really want to know the Lord's Prayer, you go to Gospel of John, chapter 17. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed before he was crucified. And that's really the Lord's prayer. But the prayer that he taught his disciples was before he went to Calvary. You see, we have him before he went to Calvary. He had his his, uh, disciples, he taught them this Our Father prayer. But when you go to John, Gospel of John, not first John, second John, but Gospel of John. <clears throat> he is praying the prayer, Jesus, that he prayed before he was crucified. And in that prayer, we are included. We are included. He prayed for us before he went to Calvary. And we have the opportunity to ask forgiveness of God and get it, <clears throat> because we call that repentance. And so God is it's God's will uh, to forgive us and as forgiveness people. We need to show mercy to those who wronged us, and to the same degree that he forgave us in Christ, we need to forgive those folks. We don't have to be besties with them. I want to go back to that because somebody is feeling, well, I just can't deal with that person. Well, if you forgive them from your heart, it won't bother you to look at them. It won't bother you to pass by them. (laughs) Sometimes you'll forget. I know I have to that I just Center and uh, we, the pastor, uh, took us with him on to a crusade in England, London, England, and we were there for ten days. And so I was an altar counselor, and uh, and my roommate, whom I never met at church, but she became my roommate when we went to London. She uh, was uh, not as mature in the things of God as I was, and so she was a registered nurse at Stanford 
medical center. Uh, and that was her secular job. But we hit it off very well. And, and eventually he ended up going to Lima at the same time to Bible college. But anyway, there was uh, in London. This one woman, uh, all the delegation from her church had nothing to do with her. So she started to try to hang with me and Jenny. That was my roommate and other people at Jubilee that were there. And uh, she was really kind of, uh, uh, you know, somebody you really didn't want to uh, be bothered with. She was very needy. And, uh, you know, we have to learn how to have patience with folks that are like that. And uh, I don't want to step on nobody's toes, but, you know, they want to just, you know, be a part of, that's what's wrong. They're not a part of it. You know, in this society, it's so hard for people to understand that you don't have to be a part of. Sometimes you better off not being a part of. I had to learn that too. But anyway, <laughs> she wanted to tag along behind Jenny and I. And uh, Jenny and I wanted to go out and pray for folks and lay hands on people who went to this hospital that was uh, strictly a hospital that did uh, brain surgeries in England, and so all of the patients there were seen to be elderly that we saw, but they had had some type of brain surgery. And we went in and we prayed for them and led some of them to and uh, so one night, Jenny, I said, you know, I'm so tired of that woman. I said, why don't you go hang out with her own folks? I'm just really tired of her dragging behind us. Is that terrible? That wasn't walking in love. But anyway, that's what I said. And Jenny looked at me. She's the younger Christian. And she said, well, Mary, we to be kind to her because she doesn't have and I said oh I'm tired of being kind so anyway I got dressed and started out the door so Jenny wasn't ready to go so she said well when you get to where we were going to have our meal save, save me a seat and I said okay because she wanted to sit beside me so I said okay well bless behold Jesus when the elevator door opened who's stood there but this woman <laughs> but this woman and I said Lord Jesus and God said you need to help her you just need to help her and I looked at that woman and I said oh don't you look pretty and I thought to myself Lord you are really letting me know that I cannot get away from this woman so I surrender so anyway she went on downstairs with me and then Jenny came downstairs. And after that, I just didn't fret about this poor woman. You see, we have to have uh, a love in our hearts that allows us to, to do what God does for her. What is that song that says, he looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. And that's what we have to do. Now, I didn't have any unforgiveness against her. I just didn't want to be bothered with her. But that was not God's plan because he was going to use me many, many times after that to help me, to help people that nobody else wanted to deal with. 
And so I have learned, of course, that <clears throat> I can do that and I can walk and look. And I don't care what you've done or who you hurt or that kind of thing. I just reach out and try to love you the best I can. Some people, that's a really hard job to do, Saint. So I'm telling you, I know that that's true. That it's not always easy, but God will give you what you need. So forgiveness allows us to move on without anger or contempt or seeking revenge. And of course, we already talked about this times that we don't really want to forgive. There are times when we just don't want to be bothered with people, and we have done everything we could. But then we get to this scripture here uh, in Matthew chapter 18. And I'm going to read it. It says, uh, the Bible tells us, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus said. No, up to seven times. And then Jesus answered, here we go. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Seven times. That's a lot of times. That's a lot. That's how God forgives us. That's how He does for us. So forgiving is empowering. Forgiving those who have done you wrong gives you power. And it opens the door to the Lord to deal with the situation. And so we look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 7, and it says, Now instead you are to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. And uh, so that also leads to healing. Uh, we need to forgive sometime and comfort that person. And that's a hard part, too, but God will give us the strength to do it. Because holding on to resentments and not forgiving is sinful, and it stands in the way of your physical health. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to stay healthy. We've got this thing called COVID-19, and it's just running rampant in our country, in this world, and we're trying to stay well and healthy and being safe, covering our faces, uh, everybody, I hope, uh, when you're around other people and allowing yourself to be a particular way you hear about going into crowds and that kind of stuff. That's my little lecture for you. And of course, we are faith people. So we have faith that God is as well. But you know, Fred Weiss, one of our great word teachers, said uh, in a book that he wrote that you need to know the difference between faith and foolishness. And some people don't know that, but we do because we let the Holy Spirit guide us. And we know when we that mask, that man, faith is and wisdom dictates right now, you don't know who's sick and who's not. So you take care of what you need to take care of. And that's that's added to this sermon. This is not a part of my sermon, but it's added to it. 
So look, so what we need to know is, is that holding on to resentment and not forgiving is sinful and it stands in the way of our physical wellness. Forgiveness isn't about letting uh, your own justice, uh, letting your own injustice reign. It's about creating your own justice and your own destiny. And it doesn't mean you're giving up all your power. Forgiveness means that you're finally ready to take it back. You're taking your power back. You're not giving it away. You're just making sure that you're not allowing that person to rent space in your head. You're not allowing that situation to rent space in your head. So <clears throat> we need to understand that the human is to attach petition when extending forgiveness and mercy. And we think that uh, if I forgive you, you only apologize or I'll forgive you if you the problem and then I'll stop being angry at you. But you, you got to do this and this and this. No, forgiveness says I release you. I forgive you. I release you. You go your way. I'll go. And when I see you, I'll say hello and keep right or get the question. I can answer that question and not allow myself to get it. Uh, my dog's eye and my stomach hurt. All of that that goes along with them. Everybody's got their um, got their mute on. When we look at Romans five and eight, it expresses uh, in a way that we can understand. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if he did that for us, certainly we could Because I wasn't there, you weren't there when he was on that cross, but that salvation that came out of him, his crucifixion, applies to me and you and everybody else that's in this service and people that we do not know. And because when he died, he died for all of us. When he was crucified, he was crucified for all of us. And so while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And what a great thing that is, because we couldn't save ourselves and he did the dirty work. He did the hard part. So that if we invite him into our life and ask him to be our Lord and Savior, and we confess our sins, Father, please forgive me for my trespasses. And then after we get saved, after we receive that salvation, after we said that prayer, and we go out and fall flat on our faces in sin, what can we do to get back? We don't have to kill any bulls or goats. We can just say, Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned. That's all we have to say. And we don't have to go to a hole in the wall and speak to somebody through a hole in the wall. Now, I'm meddling. And if that's what you do to get your forgiveness. But you see, you, you don't have to have a middle person anymore. In the Old Testament, they had to go to the priest. And he would be in the Holy of Holies 
and they'd go to the priest and speak to him in the Holy of Holies. They couldn't go in there, but they would speak to him, and he would ask God to forgive them. But Jesus tore down that middle petition. He, he tore that veil apart. And so you go directly to him and ask his forgiveness when you need forgiveness. You don't need anybody else to help get you there. You just go into the throne room boldly. That's what the uh, scripture in Hebrew says. And ask for mercy in your time of need. And so Mark 11, 25, I'm winding up now, y'all. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty five says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you yourself. So this is the other part of prayer. When you stand praying, you need to ask God to forgive you for anything that you said or done uh, or anything that you have against anybody because that's what we need to do. He says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You see, we're not perfect. We're just saved. And I like to say that because some people want to say, well, you're a Christian and so you're supposed to do everything right. Well, I try. I try to do everything that God wants me to do. Because sometimes what people say is right is not what the Word of God 